0: Chapter 19 of A Sevenfold Trouble by Pansy and Her Friends. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 19 A Revelation by C. M. L. In two days more, Margaret would be fourteen. Then that letter would be hers. What a revelation it would be! It would be almost the voice of her dear own mother as she spoke on her dying bed. But what was in it? would it give her joy or pain and why was she not permitted to read it long ago why when she was fourteen and what if there were commands or requests in it which it would not be pleasant to obey no wonder as margaret was so absorbed in thinking of the possibilities of the letter that mr and mrs moore noticed daily absent-mindedness in the daughter that sometimes the dishes were actually placed on the back stairs instead of the pantry shelves, and that the potatoes were occasionally sought for in the attic rather than in the cellar. Margaret's mind was hourly busied with the letter. As the time drew near to go to the hiding-place of the letter and break the seal and read, her heart and flesh fairly failed, but she had been growing in faith during the last weeks, and she resolved by the help of god to carry out her mother's wishes however much self-denial it might require while she sat in her rocking chair by the window thinking it all over and softly humming to herself jesus i my cross have taken all to leave and follow thee there came a ring at the front door before she could hurry below the caller had been let in and was inquiring for her i am after maggie said the familiar voice of mattie randall to mrs moore mamma is going to give me a birthday party to-morrow evening a good many are invited we're going to have games and refreshments ice cream and everything just a splendid time and of course maggie must come you'll let her won't you mrs moore oh here she comes oh maggie what do you think and the excited girl ran over the particulars of her party, putting in many new points of interest not mentioned to Mrs. Moore. I am engaged for tomorrow evening, was Margaret's calm answer. Engaged, said Mattie contemptuously. What engagement can you possibly have that need keep you from my party? It's all nonsense. You'll come, won't you? Be sure to be there by eight o'clock i can't be in two places at once margaret said quietly i told you i had an engagement with whom and for what asked the rude girl with margaret moore and for myself mrs moore was silent the other questioner with a toss of the head answered indeed but perhaps you will explain margaret moore is going to keep her own birthday you what alone you can't get any one to it i'm sure they're all promised to mine i can keep it alone if no one cares to come to help me was margaret's quiet answer but a smile came and went as she thought within her heart my own mother will be there and my master and so you are really not going to accept my invitation you'll be the first to refuse how can i mattie with my previous engagement at this the girl proudly wheeled and bowing a cold very well left mrs moore looked at margaret as if she thought she had lost her senses and wondered if there were not some deep scheme at work in the young girl's head somehow margaret could not trust herself to a conversation with her mother her heart was too full of the things just before her really mattie randall's party had no attractions for her she had thought it all over and decided not to read the letter until the evening of her birthday when all should be quiet in the house and she could have the time to herself without fear of interruption and she would go to the garret and sit by her mother's bible and in her mother's chair to read it and the day wore away Miss Mattie was more than nettled at Margaret's calm refusal. She was maddened. I'll pay her for refusing to come to my party. I'll see about her birthday. Her birthday, indeed, as if that was of any account. They say she's getting to be very good nowadays. I suppose she thinks my party's too worldly an affair for her saintship since she's joined the church, the little hypocrite her aunt amelia told my cousin jule that she kept dime novels up in the garret and went up there to read them and told her father she went up to read her bible her aunt said she shouldn't wonder a bit if she ran away or did some other dreadful thing her head was so crammed full of adventures and things as likely as not this is the very night she's planned to go i shouldn't wonder a bit she wouldn't have stayed away from my party for nothing and missed all the fun. What if I should write a note to Mr. Moore and warn him to look out for her? Wouldn't that be a good joke on her, though? I guess she'd find it wasn't quite so much fun to have a party all by herself. Besides, I should not wonder a bit if she were intending to run away, and if she is, of course I ought to tell her father." quieting thus her conscience she turned into the post-office and penned in a disguised hand these few words and dropped the letter addressed to mr moore into the letter-box your margaret means mischief to-night i am not permitted to tell all i know of her plans to leave home but as a friend i advise you to watch a friend some hours after mr moore took the note from the office but being busied with another matter he slipped it into his pocket at the same moment letting it slip out of his mind and the evening of the birthdays came on maddie's home across the square was brilliant as midday throngs of the village girls and boys were pressing in in the course of the evening some one whispered to her neighbor i wonder why margaret moore is not here was she slighted queer isn't it but the whisper had somehow crossed the room and reached the quick ear of mattie randall who was prepared to tell her confidential friends what they say about maggie and to unfold her own opinions it was a splendid way to pay her off the hateful little thing she told herself and the listeners listened and opened their eyes and exclaimed what margaret moore she i never heard of such a thing who do they say she's going with the little hypocrite then the music began and there was a rustle of feet and dresses and the dancing had begun refreshments were passed with sparkling wine in tiny glasses some did not touch it but many drank and for the first time and were excited by it two boys in the corner had just been talking with miss mattie about margaret moore "'One said to the other, "'Let's go and see. Maybe the fun is going on now.' "'Accordingly they slipped out at a side door and stole across the park towards Margaret's home. "'It was long past midnight. The lights in the neighboring houses were all out, "'and, save in Mattie's house, a painful stillness reigned. "'Only through the lattice of Margaret's garret refuge they thought they discovered a glimmer of light.' in the early evening when margaret had finished her usual after-tea duties and found herself alone her mother's letter in her hand and she was about to open and read she suddenly stopped what was that who is calling me she spoke below a whisper but it was only the merry voices of the party-goers one saying to the other as they passed below her window this is margaret moore's house I wonder if she's going to mattie randall's party guess not if all they say about her is true from another what do they say too much of a saint don't ever do anything so wicked as to go to parties nowadays i don't believe a word of it said the first you don't catch margaret more letting go a party such as mattie'll give tonight for religion yes from another i'd like to see the girl who'll do that you don't know margaret more or you wouldn't say so i wish i were half as good as she is this from still another and margaret from her attic window heard now a full sentence then but a broken expression she knew they were discussing her and that among the passers-by but one seemed to utter a word in her behalf and holding her letter before the dim light she finally stammered out what would my dead mother say of me which side would she be on she was about to open the precious epistle her heart fluttering and fingers shaking but at that moment there came a sharp gust of wind and her light went out feeling around for a match and not finding one she softly stole down to her room but the door creaked loudly and fearing lest she might awaken her parents she stood almost breathless for a moment and then moving quietly with the utmost care was soon back in the garret the lamp relighted and ready to read my darling margaret at those words so strange to her and tender her eyes filled as she pressed the letter to her heart sobbing oh if someone had said that to me long ago she thought your mother must say a few words to you before she goes to her heavenly home when you are fourteen years old my precious daughter you will be old enough to understand and do the things i ask of you and first of all my dear child see to it that you are heart and soul for jesus could i live my life over again i should wish to walk daily and hourly with the lord jesus breathing in and breathing out his blessed spirit especially at home, and endeavouring to let my companions feel that my heart and treasure are in heaven. Dear, dear one, your mother pleads with you not to follow after the vain things of this fading world, but to keep the world under your feet, and make all your companions know that you are the child of a king. Promise me this, Margaret, dear, before you read further. I promise, murmured the little girl solemnly, and promise me again that you will be a dutiful and loving daughter trying to make your father happy and that you will try to be a patient and beautiful sister and be very choice of your companions darling one on my dying bed i write these warning words and i look up to the saviour near me praying "Oh, save my child from the first false step keep her in the hour of temptation and when the time comes bring my dear one safe and pure to glory so darling you will promise your mother this too to choose none but true christians for your intimate friends yes darling mother i promise dropping upon her knees she made the promises again before the lord seeking help and strength and so kneeling she fell asleep the two listeners below hearing nothing their curiosity aroused by the stories of the evening made up their minds to find out what was going on in that garret creeping stealthily around to the other side of the house they discovered a ladder as quickly it was brought and leaned against the house by the low kitchen from whose roof they hoped to be able to reach the garret window by the use of the ladder which they would pull up after them one of them began to mount and was very near the roof when a round of the ladder gave way and he was hurled violently to the ground crashing through the shrubbery and groaning with fright and pain the noise aroused mr moore who suddenly sprang from his sleep and quickly threw up the window the street lamps were still flashing and gave light sufficient to discern the outlines of things revealing to mr moore's excited gaze the latter while at its foot was a dark figure struggling to disentangle itself from the thick bushes and escape who's there loudly called the father but no answer came for a moment he waited and gazed nothing now was to be heard but the sound of rapidly retreating footsteps the father concluded that the invaders whoever they were would not return that night, but thought it would be safe to remove the latter. He threw his coat about him, fumbling meantime in its pockets for matches, and as he did so, his hand touched the envelope so hastily put there the day before. As soon as he had a light, he tore it open and read. His face turned ashy pale, and without a word he tossed the note to Mrs. Moore and rushed to Margaret's room. Without waiting for a word from the daughter, he pushed the door ajar and called, "'Margaret, Margaret, are you here?' No one was there. He now was sure the room was vacant and his child gone. Stunned, bewildered, he passed his hand across his forehead, lest he might be still dreaming. Then, turning suddenly, he rushed back to his wife, repeating at every step, Gone, 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 wife, she's gone. Get up quickly, I must pursue them. Quick, wife, oh, quick! And the poor father, hardly knowing what he did in his haste to find his boots, overturned a table with a loud noise that seemed to ring through the house. Then came a knock at the door, and the familiar voice of Margaret spoke, Why, Papa, what is it? I was frightened out of my sleep. Are you sick? Is mamma? How she breathes! In a moment she was at her mother's bedside bathing her face and fanning fresh air upon the gasping mother, while Mr. Moore, looking first at one and then at the other, was too beside himself to render any aid to Margaret in her brave effort to arouse her mother. But at length Mrs. Moore opened her eyes. End of chapter 19